The ongoing censorship of end time. Did you know there are now over 70 genders? World government at the World Economic Forum. The prophesied Franco-German alliance. It's a 2,500-year-old prophecy. The power base of the Antichrist. And it's all prophetic and in the headlines today. And we'll discuss these events and much more on this edition of The End Time Show. Well, good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of The End Time Show. I trust you had a great weekend. We had a great weekend at our Prophecy Conference in, Fort, in uh, where were we, Houston this weekend. I'm going to Fort Worth Thursday night. I'll be announcing that here in just a moment. But wow, uh, we had a great meeting down there. A lot of new folks coming out to listen. And so we'll be in Fort Worth, Texas coming up this Thursday evening. I'll be at the Pentecostals of Fort Worth, 10264 West Point Boulevard. And uh, this will be Thursday evening from at, starting at 7.30. And we'll see you guys over there. My wife and I will be doing the new Understanding the End Time lesson. you got to check it out. It's updated and it's really cool. And uh, I'll see you guys in Fort Worth this coming Thursday. Now, the ongoing censorship of End Time. It's getting worse and worse and worse. This is what we're facing. YouTube has been demonetizing and placing our end time videos, it's been hundreds of them, on their restricted lists for years. <clears throat> things they don't want you to know about. Things that we talk about. Well now they've taken it a step further. As um, I placed the finishing touches on our last magazine, Vince Stegall informed me that we have just been hit with a strike on YouTube and received a one-week ban for a show that I produced in the, um, earlier this month. He said that um, YouTube informed us that after this week ban, one-week ban on YouTube, our entire YouTube channel was banned for one week, our next strike will get us a two-week ban, one more strike after that, and our YouTube channel will be permanently banned forever. And YouTube stated that I provided medical misinformation during a show in early January. And I thought you guys might be interested in the kind of information that they do not want you, us to reveal to you. During the show, I was discussing the mark of the beast, and I provided possible precursors for that system, what it could look like. I, I even asked the question, what will the mark look like? And I went through many different things. Um, uh, chips in your hand, uh, facial recognition photographs, all kinds of things, retinal scans, all kinds of things. But I discussed the leftist, communist, socialistic agenda to coerce people to take vaccines. Things that are going on around the world. 
And the thing is, it's not that this information wasn't true. It absolutely was. We documented all of it. But it's just that YouTube didn't like us sharing that information with our listeners. And you know, everybody, I, I'm a truth seeker. I want to know the truth about any news topic that's out there. Whether I agree with it or not, if it's the truth, it's the truth, right? That's all I want to know. But Vince, Doug, and I, we don't want to have to pick and choose what information that we share with you guys. That, that's simply not an option. So what do we do? Well, the, the solution is this. With so many, because it's, it's happened on Facebook, Google, and with so many of our Facebook posts that have been shadow banned, they're making a, a lot of our posts now where you don't have access to them because they've been banned behind other things. And then the YouTube videos have been restricted and demonetized. Even when we've paid for ads to be on, have a, have a YouTube ad ran, they wouldn't play it because they didn't agree with the content in it. And of course, Google searches have been buried 20, 30, 40 pages back. When you type on Armageddon or something like that, I have seen where we have seen, our team has, when you might have to go all the way back to 30 or 40 pages back before you find something with End Time Ministries, and we specialize in the book of Revelation. But they don't like much of our content. So, End Time had to find a way to deliver uncensored content all the way throughout the End Time. Because they're doing this to Dennis Prager, Ben Shapiro, I mean, you name it. They're, 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 they're going after all of this, censoring them heavily, heavily, heavily. So one of the ways that we have endeavored to solve this massive problem was to create End Time Plus. It's, it's the website located at watch.endtime.com. End Time Plus will allow us the ability to post and stream all of our content, including the restricted videos, restricted content, without censorship. And that site includes uh, content with uh, um, all access to all of our archived The End Time Show radio broadcasts, the new Revelation series, um, and electronic subscription End Time magazine, the complete End Time University series, and when it is complete, the updated Understanding the End Time DVD series will be available on that, and much, much more. And I will tell you, the new Understanding the End Time DVD series, we're starting to get the files back to prove proof, and it is awesome. We've got great reviews on it, and we will have the DVDs uh, in the not-so-distant future. We're hoping to have it before now. Our production company had a few problems, a few setbacks, uh, and then it had to make some personnel changes, and uh, we're starting to get some stuff back. So those 14 DVDs, totally updated, will... Uh, be available in just the not too distant future. But we all we want you to be able to watch uh, this end time plus scenario, this website anywhere with no cable subscription needed, and you can enjoy them on your favorite devices such as your iPhone, iPad, Apple TV, Android, Android TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV. What do you do? Well, you simply go to watch.endtime.com to subscribe. I think it's like $12.99 a month. It's all access to everything we have. 
and you can start streaming the End Time Plus today. Why? Because we're being so heavily censored. It's just happened last week, our first strike. We've been demonetized and all these things for a long time now, but we got our first strike. Two more strikes and we'll be permanently banned from YouTube. It's, uh, wow, talk about a, 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 the end of freedom of speech. The Bible says, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. It's John 8, 32. Well, we want you to know the truth in every topic that's out there, especially when it pertains to Bible prophecy. But there are a lot of people that really don't want us to do that. And so the Bible says, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached to the whole world, then the end will come. We've got to have avenues that will allow us to do that without fear or favor of being censored. And so that's what we're doing. They that understand what is taking place will instruct many. Except a man is born again, he can enter or see the kingdom of God. I don't care what label you've been given or what label you've given yourself, you are essential. You still matter. This is a journey, and when we get to the other side of that, that's where our prize is, that's where our reward is. End time is not going anywhere. Satan and the elites of this world don't want you to understand the timeline leading to the second coming of Jesus. You can pinpoint where we are in the end time, understand how you fit in, and be filled with hope in God's plan by watching the future according to Bible prophecy. Go to endtime.com future or call 800-END-TIME. That's 800-363-8463. What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End of the Age television and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning end-time prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME or visit endtime.com slash events for more information. You know, everyone, we all want to know the truth, right? And that's what we're endeavoring here. At, end time, at the End Time Show, we want to teach the truth. What, what, what's the foundation of truth in all of our lives? What do we base the truth on? Is it just your truth and my truth, whatever feels good to you. Do I wake up in the morning and just think, well, here's what I think today. Let's go with that. What's the foundation of truth? It's the Bible. It's God's Word. And it's this wonderful book that I have in my hands right now, 31,000 plus verses of God-inspired literature. 
And this is what we base our hope and faith and our, our eternal salvation on is this book, the words in this book. But there are a lot of people that have chosen to, to move off of that. I read an article today from medicine.net. The title was, Besides Male and Female, There Are 72 Other Genders. Okay? Now, this is what happens when you move off of the Word of God and start deciding to push agendas, lifestyles, all kinds of things, because when you move off the Word of God, it's just whatever at that point, right? Because we've moved so far away from God's Word in our society, what do you use as the base? What, what do you base a successful society on? What, what do you set your moral compass by? Should we be setting our moral compass by Hollywood and all of those lifestyles and different things out there? The, the, you know, all of the, the uh, movie stars and different things like that. Is that what we should be basing our moral compass on? Think about America now. What people that people basically idolize sports figures and um, Hollywood uh, movie stars and this, that, and the other. Setting our moral compass. Is that how we should have a successful society? Whatever feels good, whatever our wants and desires are. 1 John 2.16 says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. When we move away from a biblical foundation, that's what happens. The lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. That's what people just feed themselves. Whatever I want, that's what the truth is today, right? No. We've got to go back to the Bible, folks. Without the Word of God, that's all that's left. And that's why society is so, in many ways, is so messed up today. Pastors are having to deal with some situations that I've never heard of before. I want to tell you an instance uh, that happened. I had a conversation with a pastor friend of mine recently. He told me about a situation that he had heard of, a friend of his, who was a pastor, that he had a couple, man and a woman, come into his church, and they had two children. They came to the altar, were born again, and he had some counseling with them, and they was trying to, to, um, to uh, help them at walk, lead a Christian life, to disciple them. And over the course of this, he found out that the wife of the man was actually a man. And that the, he had had early on, before he ever got married, that he had had many, many surgeries. I won't get graphic, but I'm just saying the, his, the husband didn't even know he had ever been a man. Okay? When they got married, the, this individual told the male figure, the husband, I can't have children. So they adopted a couple kids. So they come into this church, 
come down to the altar, we're born again, and the pastor finds out on the back side of that that the supposed wife, mother, was really a man, but that he had had so many operations. He said, this individual looked like a normal female. He said, I couldn't tell the difference. But he was really a man, and the pastor just was wrestling with, what, how, how does this work? Do the, this man who is real, this woman who is really a man, but had all these surgeries and everything, and, and how do you deal with that as a pastor, folks? He was wrestling with it. I, I've never heard of like anything like that before in, in a church setting. And so, that's, these, these types of things are what we get to when you move off of the Word of God. When we go back to the Word of God, it gives us a foundation for a successful societal conditions. I mean, you think about it. The book of Genesis, it's the origin of all this. Man, you know, I told you about this article I read from medicine.com. 72 different genders. But man was created in God's image. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 says, So God created man in his own image, in the image of he created he him, male and female created he them. Male and female. Two genders. That's it. Now that's the Bible. Almighty God wanted to have his own family and he created sons in his own image. In this context, Adam and Eve were sons of God. Not only did He create these children of His, but He made them in His own image. Now this is the very beginning of the Bible, the origins, Genesis, the beginnings. God created male and female. But when God created that and said, this is good, I'm very happy with this, I'm pleased with this, I created this, it's as if Satan said, well, if you created it, and you think it's good, then I'm going to try to destroy it. I'm going to try to, to twist it and turn it. And everything God has done since, Satan's been trying to mock, to twist, to um, contort, to make it so it doesn't make sense, and, but yet to get people to believe that this could actually be true. Now, when we think of the origin of marriage, in the family, Genesis 2, 18 and 24 says, And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him help meet for him. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, they shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. They're going to be joined. And any of you that are married, you know what I'm talking about. I, I, can, I can finish my wife's sentences I mean, I, we just know each other. Beyond anybody on this life, me and my wife have been with each other so long that I, I can look at her in a twitch of her eye and I know exactly what she's thinking. And she can do the same thing to me. Talk about becoming one flesh. Marriage is not the concoction of a human being. When I perform a marriage, I say, you guys are entering into a contract before God. A God-ordained family and a marriage in the book of Genesis all the way back then. When, you marry, when you're married, 
It's a contract between you, you two people, and God Almighty. A lot of, a lot of people are getting divorced for, uh, I don't like the way he folds the towels, so I'm going to get divorced. What? You entered into a contract with that man and God. And just people get divorced over, now I know there's some extenuating circumstances. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, I've heard about people getting divorced because we just fell out of love with each other. What does that mean? What happened to the, till death do us part part? People just don't even care about that anymore. I'm talking about the Bible now. I'm not talking about Hollywood where people set their moral compass by when they get away from the Word of God. I'm talking about the Bible, folks. I'm talking about till death do us part. And that's the reason our society is reeling and rocking today because there's such an undermining of marriage and the family. God ordained two genders and that those two, one of those two genders they would each marry, male and female, and that's a successful godly family. They would go have kids, populate the earth, that's God ordained. Satan would like to attack all of our marriages and our families, right? God made male and female and this is the way society is supposed to be structured. God said that is good. But when you move away from the Bible, I'm going to stay here for just a moment because I'm a, a minister and I, in ministering to people, I have so many, so many people that uh, want me to maybe talk to them about different situations in their life and when I find out how much, how little they know about the Word of God, I'm, I, I'm, just when I think I can't be shocked anymore, nowadays I get, when I, I get shocked again. And I think, well, it can't get any worse than that. And then something else happens. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. And, but if we could get back to the Bible, everything would just smooth out. I promise you, the answers to your questions are in this book. The Bible, it's God's instruction manual for mankind. 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 through 17 says... All Scripture is given by inspiration of God as, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto good works. The Bible is our instruction book for life. If we, if we want to be successful, we, we must read. You say, well, I'm successful. I, I've got a billion dollars in the bank. You can have a billion dollars in the bank and be an abject failure. You say, how is that possible? Because if you don't understand the Word of God and when the trumpet sounds, if your feet don't leave the ground in this life, you were an abject failure. But you can live under the bridge down here. And if when the trumpet sounds, your feet leave the ground, you were a smashing success. Because you made it the most important thing in this life. Now, there's nothing wrong with being a billionaire. If you are, God bless you. But I'm just saying, if it, don't think you've arrived or been the, you know, because I've got tons of money in the bank or I've got this unbelievable education that only a few people in the world can get. There's nothing wrong with that. But true success is, have I aligned my life up with this Word of God? If you want to be successful, we must read God's Word 
which He intended for us to study. No, notice this passage here. It says the Word of God is profitable for doctrine. Many people say, well, well doctrine's, doctrine is divisive. Look at how it's divided all the Protestant churches. And there are a lot of Protestant churches that are gathering back together and say, you know what, I've actually heard people say, let's just sweep the doctrines under the rug, not pay any attention to the doctrines that have divided us, and let's just all get along and have these big meetings and love each other and, uh, and just all get along. I, I agree we should get along, but I, there's no way I'm going to sweep the doc, any doctrine under the rug. Doctrine is a statement of truth, you understand? A statement of things that are believed to be true. In uh, 1 Timothy 4.16, it says, Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Not whatever doctrine you come up with. Or every wave of a new belief system that comes through sweeping through your country. No, no, no. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them. Which, which doctrine are we talking about? Is it any book that you can find at Barnes & Noble? No, that's not the doctrine I'm talking about. There's one book, one book that gives the doctrines. The Bible says continue in those doctrines, in the doctrines found in the Bible, for in doing so that you will save yourself and them that hear thee. Now folks, I'm talking about Christianity 101 here. We all want to be saved. We all talk about, I'm born again, I want to be saved. But let, let's, let's just be honest. Let's, just, let's not tell anybody else. Let's just you and I talk right now. I know people who have a Bible, but it's got two inches of dust on it. You haven't cracked that thing open in 25 years. Maybe you haven't cracked it open since we bought it. The way I'm supposed to build my life is based on what this Bible says as a Christian. The scriptures tell us we cannot be saved without true doctrine. The Word of God is to be used to tell us what we should believe and also for reproof. If we really love God and we're doing something wrong, then we should invite reproof. I want the Bible to say, don't, don't do this stuff. You're going to be unsuccessful in the grand scheme of things. No, no one likes to be reproved. I understand that. However, all of us need reproof. Sometimes I'll read something in the Word of God and say, Wow, man, I probably need to shore up in a certain area. The Word of God is to reprove us when we are wrong. And it's given to us for correction. Not only does it tell us when we're wrong, but it points us out down the correct path. And it instructs us in righteousness. Not only does it tell us what is wrong, but it tells us what to do that is right. Do I want to lead a successful life in 2023? I'm going to the book. And it will help me. And you're, you talk about a chaotic life, it'll smooth right out. You'll be shocked if you'll align your life up to the Word of God, how much chaos will go out of your life. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, the Unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2. The late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME 
or go to endtime.com. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the End Time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you and we love you. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. You know, everyone, <clears throat> I know I'm spending a little time here, but I, I think it's very, very, very important because I deal with a lot of people and a lot of people, their lives would smooth out unbelievably if they would just align themselves with the Word of God. But I, I've told people answers. <clears throat> They've asked me questions. I get, I don't know how, I get emails like you can't imagine here at End Time Ministries, drobbins at endtime.com, and I invite them. I love them. But I get people that ask me questions and I give them a scriptural answer and they'll say, well, I, no, I understand that, but I had a guy actually tell me, I know the Bible says that, but this, this, and this. I've had many people actually tell me that. And I'm like, look, I'm giving you the answer. This is the Word of God. And they say, well, I, I really want to do this. And I think, I, I don't know if I can help you. You know, when it comes to preaching, God chose by the foolishness of preaching, the Bible says, to save them that believe. You know, if we've ever needed Bible preaching from our pulpits, come on. We desperately need it right now. I, I, if I go to church, I want the preacher speaking to me. If, I, if I'm doing something I shouldn't do that's going to keep me from getting to heaven, tell me about it. Straight up. Don't pull no punches. I, if God chose preaching to help save me, then let me have it. My father-in-law, Irvin Baxter, that boy could preach. I'm telling you, I was raised in his church. I've heard him preach for decades and decades. And he could lay it down. I mean, hellfire, brimstone, he could, he could hold you over hell and it would actually feel hot sitting there. That's where he was at. He preached love. He preached the love of God. But I mean, there were some times when you got to talk about hell too. You know, I'm just having a conversation with you guys today. I know I'm supposed to be getting into all kinds of news and stuff. But look, I want everybody to go to heaven. That's it. We can talk about prophecy and every nuance of every little, you know, intricate detail of the European Union, the geopolitical situation of Uruguay. But listen to me. I've been going to church a long time. 
I want to go to heaven. I want my family to go, and I want you guys to go. So we need preachers. Go to a prayer room. My father-in-law drilled into me. Don't go, if Dave, if you're going to preach. He had, my father-in-law, when I was a young guy, he would have us up to give these sermonettes and different things on Friday night. He'd have two or three guys get up and give us 10 or 15 minutes. You guys go at it. It was his way of preparing us for things that were coming. But he would say, if you haven't been to the prayer room, don't even come and get in the pulpit. You go to the prayer room, you get a message from God, and then you get up and deliver that. You want to be a success at this stuff? Go to the prayer room first. Get in your Bible. Then come to the pulpit and deliver the message. Deliver the message from God. Don't deliver a speech that you put together from the library. Now, obviously you can use the library to help you out, but I'm saying, go, to the, go get a message from God, get in the pulpit, and you'll speak right to somebody's heart. That's preaching. So, that's what we need. I, when, I get it, when I go to a church, and when you go to a church, you want your pastor to preach everything in the Word of God. Don't skip any verses. I'm not talking about skipping and choosing through the Scriptures. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about if, if God gives you a message on hell, preach about hell, folks. If God gives you one that preaches on something that's going on in society that's not politically correct, but God wants you to speak to your church about that, Please, I'm, I'm asking you, teach on what God gives you. Go to the prayer room, pray your heart hot with a message from God and get in the pulpit and let your congregation have it. They will thank you for it when the trumpet sounds, I promise you. But if you skipped over all kinds of verses and don't teach what you're supposed to teach and the trumpet sounds and your congregation looks at you and says, why didn't you tell us about all this stuff? That's going to be a miserable day. So we need to teach the truth. This censorship by all of these tech companies and the, the government and everything they're trying to censor everybody, it's got me on this tear. Because I want everybody to know the truth. There's so many different truths, plural. But we've got to know, just tell me the truth. I don't care if it's going to hurt me. Tell me the truth. You'll help me in the long run. Ugh. I'm not in favor of, my father-in-law used to, he coined the term cafeteria Christians. A cafeteria Christian is someone who will walk down the line and if they like what they hear, then they'll take that home with them. But if not, eh, they'll just skip that, I'll, I'll, that particular part of the sermon. You know, I, I, I come to church with a pitchfork rather than a rake. I'm going to, I really didn't like that. That's for so-and-so back over there. I didn't like that. That's for Sally over there. Think about it. But if you got a rake, it's like, Pastor, I'm, I'm here. God, I hope you prayed and you got a message from God. Give it to me. The Bible tells us that we should eat the whole Bible and all of God's Word is good for us. It's given so the preacher may be perfect and thoroughly equipped to help us be saved. The, you say, well, I'll, I've had people tell me the Bible is just an old bunch of wives' tales and a, a bunch of old theories and just it's not relevant to us today. Who are you kidding? Don't kid yourself. No, no, don't let anybody tell you that. The Bible is just as relevant to me today as it was when Jesus Christ was here on the earth and He was speaking the words. It's just as relevant as if we were sitting here listening to Jesus. 
The Bible was written by God to man. When we open our Bibles to read God's Word, we're hearing straight from Almighty God. Whatever He says, we can take it to the bank. You can base your eternal salvation on it. And yet the scriptural ignorance in many people's lives is almost appalling. I've heard people teach some things unbelievable. And I've had some people come to me with some things and I said, but that's not scriptural. And they say, well, I, you know, I, I understand it's not scriptural, but, and I'm like, there's no but to it. That's not scriptural. We can't, you know, want me to teach different things. And I said, I can't do that. That's a non-scriptural teaching. Yeah, but so-and-so teaches it. I'm like, eh, I understand. They can teach it on what they're doing. But we're going with the Word of God here. We're sticking by the truth. Period. I want to go to heaven. I can't go to heaven teaching you something that's false. End Time Ministries, the End Time Show, we will never do that. We're going to teach the truth all the way to the end. There's too much fake news, false narratives going around. We're not going to do that. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 21 says, For the prophecy came in old time, not in old time by the will of man. This is not a bunch of fairy tales. And why, and, and, but, but the Bible says, But it came by holy men of God, they spake as they were moved on by the Holy Ghost. God, this book is, God used different secretaries, different people to write the book, but these are God's words. The Spirit of God, them, the Spirit of God told these individuals what to say. Jesus himself said in John 10:35, if he called them gods unto whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken, the scripture cannot be broken. It is our roadmap to eternal life. That is the goal. There's nothing more important in our lives than to study the roadmap to everlasting life. But some people have a just, I mean, I'm talking about eternal consequences. But some people have a just a very surface knowledge of the Word of God. The Bible teaches about two principal subjects. First, man's relationship with God. This is the thesis of the entire Bible. Man's relationship with God. This is God's number one priority. It's our relationship with Him and His relationship with us. That's numero uno. Second, our relationship with our fellow man. Everything in Scripture is designed to teach us about our relationship with God and our relationship with our fellow man. Did you know that your relationship with God and your eternal existence is based on your relationship with your fellow man? Did you know that? The Bible says that God will forgive you of your trespasses, but if you will not forgive your fellow man of their trespasses, then God won't forgive you of yours. You say, man, I didn't know that. That's why holding a grudge and bitterness and all these different things are a dead short in your relationship with God. 
If you've got a grudge against somebody and you go to pray, God will bring that thing right in your face. But you've got a grudge against somebody. You say, I, I, I know I put that out of my mind. Lord, I want to have a great time of prayer. And God will say, but you've got a grudge against so-and-so. I, I know that, Lord, but I'll think about that later. I, I want to I really get in touch with you today. I want to have a great time of prayer. And the Lord's going to say, but you've got a grudge against somebody. That's the way it works. I've been there, done that. I know exactly what I'm talking about. And I had to make that right. And then, boof, man, the pipeline of communication between the Lord is opened up. I had a million pounds roll off my back, and I'm having a great prayer meeting. But when you got bitterness in your heart and a grudge and different things against other people, God's going to say, nope. You leave your gift at the altar, you make that right, and then you come back, and I will hear your prayers. I'm telling you, this is Bible 101, folks. And so we want to have a, the thesis of the Bible, your relationship with God, your relationship with your fellow man. You know, in all of this, I, I love Bible prophecy. I love it, I love it, I love it. I love studying it. I love figuring out every little single different nuance that's all about. But I, at the end of the day, if, we all, if we're not going to heaven, then this was just for all for naught, right? I want people to go to heaven. When that trumpet sounds, I want people, their feet to lift the ground. If they passed on, my father-in-law... He's going to come out of the grave. I want millions of people that listen to us to do the exact same thing. And we're not doing each other any favors if we mince words and don't, talk, don't teach the truth and skip over scriptures in the Bible, different topics that are going on in society. Can't do that. Can't do it. We've got to teach the truth. Because in doing so, that's how people go to heaven. You may not understand this whole Bible. But if you can get a man of God in your life that can help you explain, or a woman of God in your life that can explain these things to you, you actually have a, if you'll, if you'll apply them to your life and obey this book, see that's the point. In all the different dispensations from the beginning, from Adam and Eve all the way through, every dispensation there was a plan of salvation. God gives stopgap measures until Jesus Christ would come and die on Calvary. Now we have the born again plan of salvation. Every, all the way through, it was an obedience test. Will you obey the plan of salvation during this dispensation? And when Adam and Eve sinned, an animal had to be killed to cover their sin. Blood had to be shed. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. And so this is the essence of the entire Bible. And I tell you what, We'll talk about it a little more when we get back. Because it's, it's about, this is the most important thing we can talk about today. Our salvation, making it to heaven. It's the goal of all of us, right? And I can tell you what, we're going to make it. God bless y'all. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began the ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. Endtime is a small nonprofit that runs a high traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. 
We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. You know, everyone, <clears throat> in our effort for all of us to get to heaven, that's the goal, right? I mean, I yeah, I, I need money to live and I've got to pay my bills and, uh, you know, occupy till he comes. I understand all that. But I want to go to heaven. But a lot of people will say, well, uh, you know, I've accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. But has, has he become your Lord? There's a difference. Do you obey his word? Throughout every dispensation, <clears throat> the plan of salvation has been an obedience test. When Adam and Eve sinned, God had to kill an animal to clothe them. Blood had to be shed for the atonement for sin, right? All the way from the beginning. Uh, Cain and Abel gay, uh, came with sacrifices. Cain was a tiller of the ground. He brought vegetables and potatoes and things like that. Abel brought an animal sacrifice. He was a tender of the flocks. He brought an animal sacrifice. Abel's sacrifice was accepted. Cain's was not. Because it was not a blood sacrifice. Blood had to be shed for the atonement for sin. And so Cain, he didn't obey. He should have traded Abel some vegetables for his a, a, a sheep or something so he could kill. Blood had to be shed for the atonement for sin. These plans of salvation all the way from the very beginning. And then there, these different plans of salvation all the way throughout. When um, Israel <coughs> came up out of Egypt, uh, they, God gave Moses the tabernacle plan. And the tabernacle plan, God told Moses, He said, when I give you this plan, I don't want, if I tell you to cut a board six inches, you don't cut it five and a half. You do this tabernacle plan exactly like I tell you to do because this is going to be the plan of salvation for this dispensation. So he said, you create a, 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 a tent, you're going to make it out of this, and it's going to have, uh, then you're going to put out an outer rim, and it, then you're going to have a brazen altar <clears throat> and a brazen laver, and a, an animal's going to have to be killed, blood's going to have to be shed. Then you're going to have to put the, the brazen laver here with the water because the priest is going to have to wash lest he die. This is how important it was that you follow every single step of the plan of salvation during that dispensation. <clears throat> and then the, um, the priest would go into the Holy of Holies and they had the candelabra, the seven, candle, the seven uh, candelabra sti the stick and the um, altar of incense and then the table of shewbread. And the priest would minister in there and then he would press his way through the veil and he would go into where the Ark of the Covenant was, the Holy of Holies, and there was the mercy seat on top and he would put blood all over the mercy seat and God would come down and meet him there and he would atone. That would be the, that plan was to atone for the sins of Israel. It was an obedience test all the way through the Old Testament. When we come in and Solomon builds the first temple, the same thing. It was just a more glorified version of a tabernacle. They had to go through the same rituals 
and then the second temple, which was here until Jesus Christ. It was an obedience test. They had to do exactly what the Bible, what God told them to do, or they weren't saved, right? Well, then Jesus Christ comes. He dies on Calvary. He purchases a plan of, of, of salvation called being born again. He transitions us into spiritual realities. The Old Testament was types and shadows of things to come. The law, a schoolmaster bringing us to Christ. And then Christ purchases the plan of salvation for our dispensation. And it's given to us in the Word of God. And we've got to obey that. And the different principles. That's why the Bible says hold to the doctrines. Because in doing so, you'll save yourself and them that hear you. And so... There are ways that the Bible wants you to live, but a lot of people say, well, I've accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, my personal Savior, but is He your Lord? Is He the Lord of every single aspect of your life? It's a big difference here. Because I've seen people that say, well, I've accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, my personal Savior, but they're living a helter-skelter life. You can't, I mean, like, I'm like, you, you, you are, you're considering yourself a Christian? And you're living like this? Unbelievable. What about what the Bible says about this, 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 and this? Yeah, but I accepted Him as my personal Lord and Savior 15, 20 years ago, and I can pretty much do what I want. No, 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 no. That's not scriptural. The Bible says you need to live as a Christian. The Bible says, Jesus said, He that endures to the end, the same shall be saved. We're obeying. The, the, Lord, has he, the Lord has become the Lord of my life. And I'm obey. Remember, the salvation plans were an obedience test. All, every dispensation. So am I aligning my life up to the Word of God? This is of utmost importance, everybody. And it's an obedience test. You say, well, that, the Bible's just a set of rules and regulations. No, it's not. God has given us principles in here to help us lead a successful life in this life. During this short time of human existence... Bible says this life's but a vapor. I've only got uh, 70, 80, maybe if I was super lucky and God was blessed me, I could live to be 90 or 100 years old in this life. In the grand scheme of things, in eternity, that 100 years is just a, not even, it's a vapor. It's here and gone. So what am I going to do here? Am I going to align my life during this little few decades that I have here on this earth up to this Word of God and determine where I spend eternity or am I going to say, well, I know the Bible says that, but, eh, you know, that's just an old wives' tale. Come on, everybody. Now you see how important it is that we teach the truth. And not, not skip any verses. You say, I know there's that one verse back over there that in Corinthians that, ooh, man, I, I don't know about that one. I'm just, you know, I really want to do this. But there's them verses in there that says, no, don't, don't do that. They're there for your protection. You know, a fence is there to keep people, it's boundaries. A fence is there to keep you from going out, but also it's to keep bad things from getting to you. And that's one of the main reasons for the different principles taught in the Bible. It's God is saying, hey, I know everything. And I know some things that you don't want to allow into your life. So don't do this. Don't go here because you will be inviting spirits and different things. You go in some places you shouldn't go. 
And so you're going to invite some things into your life that's going to make it you unsuccessful in, in God's eyes. And so that's why it's of utmost importance that when you're a minister, if you're a man or a woman of God that's going to get in a pulpit and you're going to teach to people, you can't skip any verses in this book. You've got to say, God, I'm getting on my face before you. I'm asking you to help me right now. Give me a message for this church. If it's for one individual or if it's for the church collectively, God, I'm asking you, burn something into my heart and mind right now that I can get up in, in the pulpit this Sunday and let the church know what you're speaking to them. And if you'll do that, if you'll pray, God will start speaking to you and say, I really want you to speak on this. Speak on this topic. Here's a set of verses, and you put your thing together, and when you get up in the, in the pulpit that morning, and you say, I believe God gave me a message, here it is. You may give a, a testimony or something, and that testimony is exactly what some families in that church is going through, and they'll say, God's talking to me today. I need to respond. Or, God sent me here today, some people are going to be healed. Or you've got a need in this certain area. God sent me today. He's going to touch you. Or I'm going to preach on uh, the end time. Or I'm going to, you know, and God, that's the way it works. And God will flow through you in a message to where you can touch people's hearts. And that's what we're trying to do here. That's what we do every day on the end time show. Is I'm using current events. Doug, Vince, and I to show you how we are living in the events that will transpire just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. And we're helping you prepare for that day. And to navigate the waters that are just ahead. That's our goal here. And it has always been the goal since Irvin Baxter wrote his first book back in 1986. And we went on the, we started the, wrote the, started the first magazine, End Time Magazine in 91 the radio program in 98 here in the Dallas area, and now it's all over the world, and <clears throat> all of the DVDs and the television show in 2009, 2010, everything, the Jerusalem Prophecy College, everything we're doing here is geared towards teaching you the absolute truth of the Word of God without skipping any scriptures, any topics. I want to know this entire book. I want this book inside of me so nobody could ever take it out. And I want people to know the truth of God's Word. I, we, we pray here at End Time Ministries. We pray every single morning. Our staff gathers together. We pray and have devotions. Because when I come on the radio, I've got to be led by the Spirit of God. This is not just another radio program for me. We pray and ask God, what should we talk about today? What are, how can we help people prepare for the times just ahead and for eternity? We're all going to face it. There's not one person listening to me today that will not, the Bible says when, in uh, Revelation 1-7, when God comes back, every eye will behold Him. Every eye. And do you not want to be ready for that day? I want to be, oh man, when that trumpet sounds, I want to just, I want to, I want my, I want to be changed from mortal to immortal, and I want my feet to leave the ground. And there's one plan of salvation to do that. It's given in the Bible. And we've got to know that. And I want to obey it. And so, we're not going to skip any scriptures. We're going to talk about the things the Bible talks about. 
We're going to talk about the prophecies. We're going to talk about the Antichrist, the false prophet, world government, world religion, the mark of the beast. We're going to talk about all the different scriptures and everything that goes along with it. Because I want to go to heaven. I want my family going and I want every single person that listens to this or watches this to go with us. And you say, Dave, are you saying you had the worst for eternal life? No, I do not. This book does. This book does, everybody. And I'm going by this book. And when I teach you, any, a God-called minister, if they're worth their weight in salt, it is, it is um, it's imperative that they teach and preach something to you that God give them, a message from God to help you in your time of need, in your family's time of need. God can speak to you and calm the waters. He's the peace speaker. I don't care if your boat is rocking back and forth. I've seen God come in and calm the whole thing. He's done it in my life. I've seen people healed. I've seen God speak peace into people's lives. I had a friend of mine <clears throat> who had a $1,500 a week, a week, $1,500 drug addiction. He was hooked on all kinds of stuff. $1,500 a week. And I saw him go to, I, well, I know, I know his testimony now. He went to an altar one Sunday morning. The pastor prayed for him. God miraculously delivered him of that. He was begging, borrowing, stealing from his family. Every, his entire check was going to drugs. I mean, he was, it was horrible. But now he's a very successful business owner. He's got a beautiful wife, beautiful kids. He runs a successful business, and he just, God delivered him of that stuff years ago. Why not live a life like that? Well, you can, and we can help you through that. So, wow, I took up my whole program. Man, but I'm telling you, this is the most important thing we could talk about, everybody. I'll get into some of the rest of this stuff tomorrow. I'll be on the program tomorrow. We'll get into world government and all that, but... I want us to go to heaven. That's the most important thing to me beyond everything is that everybody makes it. And if we can help you along the way in your spiritual journey, um, navigate the time just ahead. That's what we're going to do. God bless you all. Thank you for listening.